You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Picking up on another lesson of our series on prayer, and uh, we have we've been focusing on different aspects of prayer. We've taken our our uh, text from James chapter five and verse sixteen, and it says, "Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed." That's not just one type of healing. That's that's all types of healing whether emotional or mental or spiritual or physical. And then it says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, humanity, person. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. So I want to pick up on another lesson of prayer tonight. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, in our last lesson we spoke about this for a little bit it says uh, and lead us not into temptation but deliver us but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen uh, when we're talking about prayer prayer is a, a a very critical part of deliverance and deliverance is not just someone who's possessed or uh, addicted deliverance can happen in many aspects of our life where we need God to take over in situations or circumstances in our life essentially uh, when you look at deliverance all the Bible words for deliverance indicate help from another that rescues from danger and there's a lot of dangerous things that that we're dealing with in our society and deliverance means to set free or to liberate or to release or to rescue. Uh, when you look at the word deliverance in the word of God, it's a jubilee word where, where the debts were allowed to be go free, slaves were allowed to be freed. This was a principle that was based upon the 50th year. Uh, and everything that had been held up to that point in that last 49 years in the year of jubilee was let go free well that's an old testament principle that still has a new testament relevance and you don't have to wait for 50 years for things to be set free you have the ability to come into the presence of god through the power of prayer and, and that important principle of deliverance can be understood that God can deliver from anything that would cause you danger. That can be uh, things, people, uh, all kinds of situations that we deal with. And so I'm just going to take a few uh, scriptures from, uh, from the Word of God to help show this principle. Uh, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Every place that the soul of your foot shall tread upon that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses uh, those two words tread and given 
The word tread is derek. It means to string a bow or, or, or head down, conquer, fight for. And the word given means to deliver to. And so if you look at the concept that's being spoken of in Joshua, uh, what was being held captive by the enemy did not belong to them. And Joshua uh, is a great leader, conqueror, and, and he's given this statement, this verse that we have that we can, we can use that's relevant today. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that's not just where you walk necessarily, he said, that have I given unto you. So that which needs to be conquered, uh, head down, fight for, he said, I will deliver too. So when God delivers you, uh, it's, not, it's not just that God step into the forefront and you don't care and it doesn't matter what happens. No, there's something inside of you that says, I'm tired of it being this way. I no longer want to live under this bondage, this weight, this sin, whatever the case is. And you have a desire that rises up inside of you that says, I'm going to fight for deliverance. Although, uh, if you look at the scripture, God had allowed them uh, up to this point to enter, enter into the promised land. They had not possessed everything yet that God had promised. The Lord wanted them to continue to fight for what he had for them that they had not received yet. He was putting a little nudge in them. Don't get satisfied with just living with the mundane or the okay. As a child of God, we're not talking about harming people and all. We're talking about what God has in store for you as a child of God. You and I must be willing to fight for it. Well, you know what? It's always been this way, and I'm just going to learn to live that way. No, no, no. That's not what God desires. He wants uh, you to receive what he has in store for you that would be a positive influence of your life growing and maturing in him. You see in Judges chapter 1, and verse 1, Now after the death of Joshua came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. And Judah said unto Simeon his brother, Come up with me into my lot that we may fight against the Canaanites and I likewise will go with thee into thy lot. So you have Judah and Simeon brothers and Judah says to Simeon, you come with me and I'll go with you. What has been promised to you and I. Judah simply means praise, to worship, to throw a stone, shoot an arrow. Simeon means to hear and obey. And so you have praise and you have obedience coming together you have it coming together to conquer what has been taken from God's people. And the relevance of what's happening in these Old Testament principles are still important to you and I today. When you don't feel like you're in the place with God where you'd like to be, it never has changed. Obey God's voice and get yourself into a place of worship 
and allow the voice of God to speak to you through prayer and something will take place in your dilemma. It hasn't changed. It still takes worship. It still takes praise. It still takes obedience to have the full deliverance through prayer that God desires for you and I. If you look at the book of Judges, it actually has been called in, the, in, in some circles the, the dark ages of Israel because you have the nation of Israel constantly backsliding, getting back to God, backsliding, getting back to God. It's characterized by recurring cycle of disobedience and foreign oppression and, and cries of distress and being delivered to, by the judges. And then remarkably, um, you see this happen throughout the book of Judges. You can read it in Judges chapter 2, verse 16. Never the Lord, nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them took advantage of them. I'm not talking about Christians being obnoxious or rude. I'm talking about living in the realm of freedom and deliverance that God has for each and every one of us. That is assumed through the power of prayer. Prayer creates an atmosphere for God to take you to the level that he desires for you and I to go. Um, Judges chapter 6, verse 3, And it was so when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth. The enemy was coming up after God's people had planted and before it could be harvested, where they would see the blessings of their harvest, the enemy was coming and spoiling their work. Now, how frustrating would that be? Doing it all, getting into a place where you think you're going to have a great blessing, and all of a sudden, the enemy steps in and robs you of that blessing. For they came up, Sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. For they came up with the cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude, for both they and their camels were without number. And they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished. That's not, that's not what God desired. God didn't desire that. The, the Midianites and the Amalekites... Uh, were taking advantage of God's people. But Judges chapter uh, 6 verse 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Speaking to Gideon. Gideon, this has gone on long enough. It's time for you to make connection with the Almighty for this to be ended once and for all. Gideon is not even, he said, listen, I'm the least in the family here. I, I, I can't do this. And God's calling him a mighty man of valor. And you can read through, um, you can read through this passage where uh, he was basically being told this. Just stand up and fight for what is yours. God's saying to Gideon, I'll be with you. And you can go through the whole process of 30,000 
men all the way, 32,000 men all the way down to 300. You can go through this whole process. God says, listen, it's not about any of that. It's about me. And, and my desire is for you as a child of God is not to live without deliverance. That's God's plan. His plan is for you and I to stand on the ground that you're on and desire without question what God has for you and I. Folks, that doesn't just happen without prayer. Well, you know, if God chooses to and desires to and uh, I'll wait for it. And No, no, no. You, you, you got to get yourself connected through prayer to see what God has in store for your life so that you are, uh, you are in tune with his presence and his spirit that wants you to walk in the ways of him, that you have total fulfillment. Why do Christians live under the fulfillment of what God has for them? You can read it, the story of David. I mean... The Israelites, they've been tortured here for however, 40 days. The Philistine comes out and give me a man. And I mean, it's just a big joke. King Saul doesn't have the guts to do it. And he's got no one in his army that's got the guts. And out of that comes a young man that says, is there not a cause? Is there? I mean, is, is, are you guys going to put up with this? Are are you just going to be okay to hear that ugly man every day roar, looking for someone who's willing to stand up? I'll do it. <laughs> oh, you can't do it? The, yeah, and if you do, I mean, you're going to have to take all this stuff. It's, David's like, I've never proved any of that stuff. I'm not coming against him with a sword and a shield. I'm coming to him in the name of the Lord. Folks, that didn't happen that morning or the night before. That was the power of God that had been developed through a prayer life that said, I'm not worried about deliverance here. I, I'm on God's side and he's on mine. David trained his mighty men after the same passion that he had himself in when he fought Goliath. The same, the same thing was instilled in individuals that he trained after the fact. He, he learned, he learned as he took care of the sheep when he became to the opportunity where God could use him and work through him. David, David allowed God to say, listen, I, I've got my walk with God, David said. I'm not worried about the giant. I'm not worried about that at all. I, I, I'll be delivered out of his hand. That was done. Through prayer. We, we're, and rightfully so, it's good to talk about the miracle that happened that day. But folks, it did not start that day. It started with David by himself, keeping his sheep. That's why he was able to say to Saul, listen, I, I had a lion and a bear that tried to take my, my flock. I just said, no way. I mean, it would be easy to say, okay, just, just one. I mean, what's the difference? I'm not going to get into a big row with a, with a bear. 
David said, no, nah, that ain't happening. I'm, I'm here to protect them. I'm here to look after them. He said, I was delivered out of the hand of a lion and a bear, and God will also deliver. Yeah, it was, it was a, a, something that was already developed through his prayer life. So all the, all the situations that I've just shared with you, they're built on a connection that men had with God that something was built over a length of time. Well, if you go to the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Notice now, and having done all to stand. Stand. When you got yourself prepared, you'll be able to stand. That's what Paul's saying. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Paul lays out all the, 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 the protection that you need and all the offensive weapons that you need. Those things... They're nice to talk about, and they're needed and necessary and available. But they don't happen without prayer. Well, I'm going to put on the armor. That's a good idea. But for you to put on the armor, it has to be learned through prayer. It's kind of like the idea. It's about time for the children of God to stop running, turn around, and say, no, I'm going to stand. I'm not running. I'm not backing down. Again, don't get me rude to, uh, wrong tonight. I'm not talking about being rude as a Christian. I'm talking about we're not wrestling flesh and blood. Paul says it here. We're wrestling the enemy of this world. And it's time as a child of God that says, no, no, I'm, I'm preparing myself through prayer. And I'm going to stand. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Psalm uh, 1837, I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. I have wounded them that they were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet for thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those things that rose up against me. Not people. Talking about the enemy in the sense of coming up against you and I. Yes, David was fighting a natural battle with people. We're not, we're not fighting a natural battle with people. Take, take, listen, take people to God in prayer and say, God, here's the situation and the circumstance. I turn it to you. Deliverance is going to come to those who fight for it and say, 
That's not what I'm going to put up with. That's not what's going to be okay. That's not what I'm going to learn to live with. No. Esther 4, 14, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Uh, what's, what's being told to Esther? Esther, just stand up and fight. And um, trust God. Victory will come. Victory will come. So I'm, I'm just laid the groundwork tonight to talk about prayer and how you and I prevail in prayer. Because... All of the examples that I've just shared with you is a made-up mind that you're not going to be okay with how it is. If you learn to just be okay, that's the way it will be. If there's a challenge going on in the home or a challenge going on with your kids, a challenge going on at work, a challenge in the marriage, a challenge with health, a challenge with finance, a, cha a challenge... The child of God can stand, having done all to stand, stand therefore, put on the armor of God through prayer, and say, I'm trusting God for victory. And it's the principle, the concept of binding and loosing. Binding is forbidding or prohibiting. Loosing is permitting. And so when you get into the principle that the Bible gives us in Matthew chapter 18 about binding and loosing, uh, the authority that's given to you in prayer is powerful. You, through prayer, have the ability to prohibit things that would try to come against you and loose, permit things that would be loosing to you. That's, I mean, that's a powerful way to live. Okay, I'm not talking about, you know, doing some funny thing where, where um, you know, this, this is a cool act. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking when things rise in your, in your life and, and, and you don't know which way to turn and what to do. And it could be the spirit of fear. Fears and phobias and torment and horror and lack of trust and doubting. and People deal with nightmares and terrors and all kinds of attacks on health and anxiety and stress. Listen, you've got the ability through prayer to say, no, that's not okay. I'm binding the spirit of fear. You don't have to lay your head down every night scared to go to sleep because of what you're going to dream? God wants you to have rest. He wants your body to have rest. You have the ability through prayer to say, no, that's not okay. I'm not being robbed of my sleep unless God wants it to be. I take authority over that. I'm binding that craziness of the spirit of fear that tries to come against me when I'm resting. 
I think the child of God needs to not learn to live with that. It's not okay. I'm not belittling it. It's real. What I'm saying is you got the answer through prayer, through the power of prayer, the spirit of fear, dealing with perverse spirits, wounded spirits, and, and doctrinal errors, and chronic worrying, and, and, and child abuse from the past, and pornography, and, and, and a filthy mind, and, and, and foolishness that is happening. Listen, you don't have to live under those weights the power of prayer can bring you out of those elements that says, you know what, I'm binding that. That's not going to be part of my life. I'm turning that over to God in prayer. And I'm praying for a release in the spirit where God just allows his presence and his spirit to instruct me, to withhold me, to, to keep his arms around me. That's done through prayer. People deal with spirits of jealousy and revenge and cruelty and division and strife and contention and competitiveness and hatred and anger and jealousy and, and rage and all these things sometimes are, are affecting people's lives on a daily basis and I think it's time for the church to bind those things and, and loose a walk of, of God in love where he's loved us and given himself for us. And, and there's a sweetening of his presence that can happen in our spirit where we're not living mad all the time. Why, why is that okay? Why is it okay? To be consumed with contention and strife and cruelty and, and a revenge spirit. and that, that, That's not of God. God doesn't desire you to live that way. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. He desires for your life to be free of all that stuff. And let there be a sweetening of His Spirit that happens in your life. Folks, that doesn't just go away. That happens through the power of prayer. prevailing prayer where you say no I'm not I'm not allowing myself to be jealous of my brother or my sister or my family or whatever no the spirit of error where we're unsubmissible or unteachable or we we just like to argue there's a servant of corruptness or false doctrine that creeps in and we open ourselves up to that Foolishness. Listen, you need to bind that in the name of Jesus. You need to bind that and loose where you're of God and he, He's working in your life and you're just drawing yourself closer to Him and, and you're learning more about Him. Amen. And your word, His word is taken up resident in your life and there's a freedom and a liberty and a joy of the Holy Ghost. David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Wash me thoroughly, he said, from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Purge me with hyssop. Wash me and make me whiter than snow. These are the things that you and I, through prayer, have the ability to take authority over. Deception. Gossip and lies. Slander. Slander. 
Did you ever see a world that's more caught up in drama than 2023? I mean, it's just, it's sad. Everything's about drama. What can, what can I do to get people on my side? And what can I do to justify my actions? And what? Come on, people. Bind those spirits in the name of the Lord and allow there to be a loosening of his love and compassion and mercy and grace that flows through your life that says, that's how I want to live. I don't want to be caught up in, in the lies of this world and gossip and slander and backbiting and accusations. And No. Man, that'll... that'll That'll make you feel terrible. You won't like yourself and you won't like anyone else. The Bible's not for it. Prayer binds those things. And listen, there's, there's people dealing with a spirit of heaviness and sorrow and grief and brokenheartedness and suicidal tendencies and, and heaviness and hurts from the past and all kinds of hopelessness that is grabbing uh, uh, onto people and 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 a self-pity and victim mentality and I'm not trying to belittle people's issues I'm talking to you about the answer the answer is through prayer you don't have to live underneath that say God I I I'm going to continue to pray until you lift that spirit and those feelings and those thoughts off of my life because I refuse to live that way. Oh, I'm talking what the power of prayer can do in your life where it just takes those broken parts of our lives and says, listen, I'm going to amend that. I'm going to apply my spirit, my love, my compassion to your life. And, and all of a sudden, God's presence, uh, amen, just lifts off that weight. All kinds of things that have happened in people's past. that wasn't your fault. Things that have happened to people and been done to people. Lot, most, most of the times, people didn't ask for that. Allow God's presence through prayer to soften that and say, God, would you just uh, take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh where it's moldable and pliable and allow me, God, to, to be growing in you the way you desire. Spe fears and addictions and, and all kinds of bondage, the compulsiveness to sin, and sometimes even the fear of death where people are, under that weight that they're afraid of what might happen to them as an individual. Listen, God has not designed for your life to be that way. He wants you to be free through the power of prayer. Listen, I can sit and talk to you until the cows come home, and I can't fix you, and I can't. I can listen and I can try my best, but none of that's going to work like prayer does. Find yourself in a place of prayer and say, I'm not leaving this place of talking to God until I feel that weight lift off of my life. And something will be regenerated in your spirit through prayer. Where you bind the spirit of haughtiness and pride and and rebellion and contentiousness and being scornful and arrogant and self-righteous and 
even the spirit of idleness. This is, this is not the hour for any of that stuff. God, would you just cleanse my life from all of that stuff and allow your power, God, in your presence, in your spirit through prayer. See, I, I, I'm, I'm just talking to you about the power of what prayer does. It, it takes care of strongholds in people's lives that nothing else, nothing else can accomplish what God can do through prayer. Prayer is what moves the hand of God. It's the connection to his presence. Wagner, C. Peter Wagner said, A stronghold is a mind impregnated with hopelessness that causes the believer to accept an unchangeable something that he or she is contrary to the will of God and that's the way it's going to be. No, it doesn't have to be that way. What prayer does is it changes your dilemma, your circumstances, the situation where it says God's going to step in and no matter what it has been through my upbringing, through my, my, my life of where I've lived, all that stuff. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that stuff has not happened to people. I'm giving the answer of how it can be taken care of. That's through prayer. Prayer is what makes the absolute difference in your and my life. So, I'll end it with this tonight, the last few minutes. And um, there's a way to pray. There's a way to prevail in prayer. And I think it's important uh, when we're praying to have a focus on a focus on what God wants to do for each of us. I'm going to give you five words that you can add to your prayer life that, that will maybe help you overcome some things that are holding you hostage. And you prevail in prayer and say, listen, I'm going to bind those things and I'm going to loose God's presence in my life through prayer. Number one, Psalm 139, verse 1. Psalm 139, verse 1. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. When you're praying and asking God to bind the things that you don't want to live under, use the simple phrase, search me, God. Search me. God, would you search my life? Try my thoughts. Just put a big old-fashioned magnifying glass on my life. Listen, we're... We're nervous at times to be vulnerable in front of other people. And I can understand that. But you don't pull the wool over God's eyes. You don't trick him. You don't, you, know, you don't get anything by him. You don't sneak it by. He knows exactly how you and I are. When the Bible says he knows the very intents of our heart, he, 
He knows what I'm going to be thinking. He has knowledge of that. So why don't you just lay it right out on the table and say, God, search me. Search my life. Search my motives. Search my agenda. Search my thoughts. Search, God, my life and what I'm doing. And let it be that I can see what you already see. Because there's an honesty that happens when, it's, when you prevail in prayer. Because sometimes the things that need to be bound, we don't even really understand or see them at times. And yet the word of God and his presence revealed to me. You know what, Brent? You're being contentious. Get your flesh under control. Bring yourself into a place with me where I can work on. Put yourself on the potter's wheel. Haul yourself up on the altar. Listen, God won't force me on the altar. That comes from me that says, search me, God. Let me see myself the way I am and where I need help. And boy, do we all need help. Search me, God. Number one. Number two, Psalm 34 and 18. This is what it says. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. That second phrase when you're prevailing in prayer and asking God to take away the things of your life. Uh, simply pray, God break me. And we don't like to pray that way because we're scared to death of what's going to happen. Who wants to have themselves broken? But notice what the scripture says. Notice how David is writing this. And he's asking God to break him. God knows your, my pressure points. And God knows how to do it. That it will be just right. The scripture says and talks about. Falling upon the rock. You want to fall upon the rock. You don't want the rock falling upon you. Fall upon the rock and say, God, break me. Put me back together the way you desire. The things that are not of you, take those out of my life, God. And allow my my vessel to be made anew again the way you desire to be. The vessel was marred in the hands of the potter. And he started over again. He got rid of the lumps. And he said, I'm going to make another vessel. I'm going to start. I'm going to let God break you. Let God do Let that be part of your prayer and prevailing. God, I am sick and tired of dealing with the things that I have to think about at night. God, break, break me through prayer. That's number two. Number three, Acts chapter four, verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. 
by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. First, search me, God. Second, break me. Third, stretch me. And um, it's kind of like the principle of elastic. You got an elastic and it's too big, it's of no value. <laughs> it's of no value until it's put around enough times to be stretched. I'll tell you this story. Anytime my <clears throat> wife went away when my kids were young, I think it stretched a bit, a bit, but it has some truth to it, quite a bit of truth. So, you know, I, my girls were young, and I was going to comb their hair. And my girls say I started the brush down somewhere about the eyebrows and comb back. And there was not going to be any curls. <laughs> there was no special effects that were happening. That was going straight back, and there was going to be some type of a elastic put back there, hopefully to hold throughout the day. And the elastic only became effective when it was stretched. And it happens to us through prayer. Prayer stretches you. Nobody. I don't care who you are. Nobody likes to pray. If you say you love prayer, you need prayer. Because something's amiss. Our flesh is not enjoying, we don't enjoy prayer. We love the answers to prayer. But we don't like the stretching of prayer. Now, you've learned the principle of prayer, and you know the necessity of prayer, and it becomes daily prayer. doesn't matter what your flesh thinks, you're going to prayer. Well, thank the Lord for that. Okay? But if your flesh can think of anything else to do, if it can get someone to call you at that moment, Okay? The stretching of prayer is what you and I have to ask. God, allow me to be stretched that I become a vessel that's ready for your use. Coming to a close. Number four, Psalm chapter 5 and verse 8. Now I'm talking about being able to bind things and loose things through prayer. Because search me, break me, stretch me. And here's what it says. Lead me, O Lord. In thy righteousness because of mine enemies, make the way straight before my face. Um, when you're asking God to help you to be able to bind things, loose things, pray this way. Lead me. Let your word be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let me walk in your footsteps, Lord. Let me follow your direction. Not my own understanding, but in all of my ways to acknowledge you and for you to direct my path. Lead me. Lead me. Number four. And last, Psalm 51, 
David is he's, um, writing this psalm, and we've already quoted some verses from it. But notice what he says in verse 12 of this chapter, because this is after he has prayed for God to take away his iniquity and transgression and wash him and clean him. This is what he says. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then, he said, will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Lastly, is ask God to use me. Use me. God search me, break me, stretch me, lead me, and use me. These are concepts that you can use with prevailing prayer that takes you to a level where you're, you refuse to live under the weights of this world. Do not be entangled with the things of this world. That's what, that's what the word says. And listen, that's, that's happening on a continual basis. Where people are being caught up with all the stuff around. Listen, the only way to combat that is not through nice words and, and great thoughts. The only way to combat that is through prayer. Prayer. Would you stand tonight? Right where you are. All kinds of things that maybe are happening in your life right now. Maybe, maybe there was some that was mentioned and and I just, I didn't give an exhaustive list. I just gave a list of things that sometimes we deal with. But maybe there's something else tonight that you're dealing with. And you need God to help you through that situation. I'm, I'm giving you the key to that tonight, and that's prayer. Maybe your day was bad. The best way to handle your day today is through prayer. Not drinking something strong. Not taking something that will numb your senses. No, seriously. Find yourself in prayer. Find yourself in prayer. God, I pray right now in this room, everyone that's watching or listening, online right now God I thank you Jesus for the power and the authority of your word and I'm praying over every individual God that's in this room watching or listening God that something was just checked in their spirit God of something that they're dealing with as an individual that God you're wanting to bind and you're wanting to loose a, a power of your presence and spirit that no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I pray right now, God, over every person and individual in this room right now that the power of your presence would minister in their life and in their situation, their circumstances, their dilemmas. Oh, God, let the power of prayer, hallelujah, Jesus, bind the things that are not of you and loose, God, what's already loosed in heaven. Let it be loosed in their lives, Lord, in their families. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus we pray. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, you don't have to wait for someone else to pray it over you. You have the power and the authority through prayer. Hallelujah. To connect yourself with God right now and allow his power and his presence to minister to you. If it could happen through Gideon and it could happen through David, amen, it can happen through each and every one of us tonight. If it could happen through Paul, hallelujah, it can happen through you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we declare it. We declare victory, deliverance. We declare it tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Liberty and a freedom to each individual. God, we declare it tonight. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, let someone be free of the fears of tomorrow. Lord, free from the guilt of their past. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I speak life into someone's situation. I speak deliverance into someone's circumstance. I pray in the name of Jesus. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lift the weight. Off of someone's mind tonight. Lift it off of their, their shoulders, God. The heaviness off of their spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let them release those things, God, that would try to weigh them down. Release them in the name of Jesus. And take a hold, God, of the principles of your word. Hallelujah. Praise your wonderful name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I thank God for the power of prayer. Amen. You and I, each of us, have the ability through prayer, the power of the name of Jesus. When you pray in his name, anything is possible. Amen. God, let your blessing be upon your people tonight. As we go our separate ways, God, let your spirit rest upon each individual. I pray tonight you touch Sister Harris. God, she needs a touch upon her body right now as we call out, God, her name in prayer. God, let your mighty power minister to her where she is right now in the name of Jesus. Let your blessing be upon your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord for Bible study. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.